December 16th, 1878. Though tragedy was only slimly averted, I am yet in high spirits. The drive from London was pleasant, with all manner of countryside pleasures to observe, as the last signs of city life faded behind us. Mr. Batley, the driver I've employed, arrived at my home and brought myself and my belongings to Brookholm. I was told that Derbyshire, the nearby village is quaint, secluded, and relaxing. I have seen no evidence to the contrary. A baker, by the name of Miss Trotter, smiled sadly when I brought up my uncle's passing and refused payment for the bread and pies I purchased. I, of course, left the money when she was indisposed and removed myself. Poor Mr. Batley. As we approached Brookholm, he said the upper floors and roof needed repair. I chastised the servant for taking such a relaxed tongue around me, and ordered the cart to be parked near the door. Poor, poor Mr. Batley. I heard a tremendous crash from outside as I directed young Miss Tallow, the only on-site servant who would be my cook, where to place my cargo. A large spike, like that of a battlement, had fallen and nearly crushed dear Mr. Batley. He took to his feet and said that he avoided the collapse altogether, but I noticed a discernible limp as he hurried to drive the empty vehicle back to his home. Feeling pain for the scolding I gave to Mr. Batley, I advised Miss Tallow to take the rest of the night off, as I would not require cooking since I had purchased bread and pies earlier at Derbyshire. She was very grateful. Seeing her smile did much to relieve my guilt. But alas, I write this hungry and cold in my study. All of the wood in the furnace has gone wet and rotten, refusing to light. As I tried to get the fuel to burn, a blast of ash and soot shot from the smokestack, which covered my person as well as my planned meal. I believe I should away to bed. The snow falling outside the window is soothing my soul and satisfying me more than a meal in a warm bed ever could. December 17th, 1878. I must have been more successful in starting a fire in the furnace than I had thought. For I awoke this morning to a fine warmth and pleasantly heated home. Dressing and washing, I began to applaud Miss Tallow as I reached the kitchen, seeing the furnace ablaze. The fireplace in the foyer was also burning brightly. The strange thing was that Miss Tallow was nowhere to be found. When she arrived in the late morning, she claimed that nothing was her doing, as she had stayed with her ailing aunt in Derbyshire. I took a firm tone with Miss Tallow, and instructed that she is not to spend the night outside of Brookholm without my express permission. I returned to my study to arrange my uncle's books into something resembling a rational and ordered structure. 
when I heard heavy weeping, and there were gasping sobs from Miss Tallow. I knew she had been hired on shortly before my uncle's passing, and was likely not accustomed to punishment. My uncle lived decidedly alone, until he was forced to have someone to prepare his meals, or he would starve. I swung open the door to the kitchen and shouted, See here, woman, you mustn't take chastisement, so... But stopped when I noticed Miss Tallow's surprised expression. Her hands were covered in flour, and she was certainly dry-faced. We both turned as we heard the retching, wheezing sobs from the cellar. December 18th, 1878. I awoke this morning to a banging at the front door. I originally assumed the whipping wind was beating the window shutters until I heard a woman's voice from outside. I rushed out and demanded my uninvited guest to explain the meaning of all this racket. I recognized Miss Trotter from her bakery. She was dressed only in her undergarments and her skin was cold enough that snowflakes stuck fast. She beat the door with her bare fists and screamed, Burn! Stoke the fires! Embers rain! Burn become the flame! I gave her a good smack and shouted, Damn it! Come to your senses! She seemed suddenly embarrassed and ran toward town. I turned to rush inside and get more properly dressed for the winter's night to catch Miss Trotter, only to find the door locked. I began to pound the door, not unlike the crazed Miss Trotter, and yell for my cook to awaken and allow me passage. I stopped when I heard the terrible gasping and weeping behind me. I felt breath upon the back of my neck. The breath bit more than the frigid December winds, but it was hot. I felt ice in my bowels and slowly turned to face the empty, dark road. The hinges creaked as the door opened behind me. It must have been frozen stuck, and my beating freed it, and the crying was surely the call of a fox. Surely. December 19th, 1878. My dreams last night were troubling. I cannot recall but images. There were sparkling stars falling from heaven. There was a fox with fiery red and orange fur. He stood firmly on my chest. He slowly drug his claws across my shirt with small grinding sounds. He looked in my eyes. He said, I awoke sweating. Not a cold sweat, but a sweat born of stifling heat. My god, the furnace must have been stoked like the flames of hell. That was when I noticed the small grinding scratches were still ongoing. Something was scratching at my chamber door. I started from bed. A sudden silence fell deafeningly. I held the handle of the door for several minutes before growing the nerve to open it darkness there, and nothing more. 
Later today, I found myself lost in my thoughts often. Before dinner, I was in one of my dreamlike states, staring out the window of my study. Amidst the snowfall, I caught a glimpse of a fox. It bore a striking resemblance to the one from my dream. In a fury, I loaded a rifle and went to shoot it. Miss Tallow rushed ahead of me and fell to her knees in front of the door. She begged me not to leave Brookholm. There wasn't much sense in her cries, but she frequently referenced the clinking, burning chains, and that the foxes are not what they seem. I shoved her aside and went out into the twilight. I found that fox and shot it dead. I brought the carcass inside and ordered Miss Tallow to send for a taxidermist. I'll not be made fool of by a game beast. December 20th, 1878. By God, this hurts. Nothing is going right. A blizzard has come in the night, and now the taxidermist cannot be sent for. There are times when I swear Miss Tallow is nowhere to be found, but there is no way to leave the premises as we are snowed in. To make matters worse, the fox must have been diseased, for it has decomposed at an unearthly rate. This afternoon, I spotted a writhing maggot in its now empty eye socket and kicked at it in fear. It's been sitting on the foyer floor, for Miss Tallow refuses to touch it. When I kicked it, the floorboards gave way beneath it. The rot must have spread to the wood. My ankle gives me tremendous pain, and there's a hard, swollen knot the size of a crab apple on it. It was serendipitous, in a sense, as I found glowing embers beneath the floor and was able to douse them. That was likely why it's been so bloody hot the last few days. Nor is that the only harm that befell me today. As I limped to the wine rack in the cellar, it's strange that it's even hotter there, several of the corks shot off and flew into me. I sustained only a few bruises, but some of those vintages were priceless. I also remember the wine steaming like hot tea as it poured to the floor. I instructed Miss Tallow to clean up the mess and began to write this entry. Perhaps an early night will settle my spirits and my bad luck. December 21st, 1878. I awoke sometime in the night. I was sweating so heavily that I opened a window. It did no good. Snow has been packed by wind into a rock-hard sheet of ice between the house and the outside. The ice began to melt into a puddle on the floor, but I do not care so long as it will eventually bring cool air inside. The knot on my ankle feels like a flame, and I can no longer put any weight on it at all. I've taken to bringing my uncle's ancient cane with me as I traverse. There was a rattling, like that of chains when the wind picked up. 
I still do not know if I slept for hours or minutes. Perhaps even it is dawn and the ice-crusted windows let in no light. I cannot find Miss Tallow, but I hear her scrambling and running through the halls. She does not answer when I call to her. I did find a singed bit of meat hanging from the kitchen door. Perhaps Miss Tallow dropped it when cooking breakfast? Or is it lunchtime? Certainly it couldn't be evening in time for dinner yet, could it? I did see Miss Tallow in the foyer, where the now desiccated fox corpse is. I slipped on my bad ankle and fell. When I looked up, she was gone. I swear she had a burn similarly shaped to the charred meat on the kitchen door. I have grown tired. I'll throw the blankets from my bed and try to sleep. This damnable heat. December 22nd, 1878. A hot wind blew. Ice on the window melted. It's so damned hot. I crawled out of bed. I stuck my head out of the window. The snow was falling. There was still a hot wind. A woman stood outside. No, she was hanging. God, how is it still so hot? She was hanging by the neck. An old oak tree held her up by its strong branches. A fox sat on its haunches below her. I thought I killed that wretch. That woman turned slowly in the hot breeze. The rope twisted. Her face was twisted as well, and it was blackened with soot. Snow landed on my face. It's hot snow. I looked into her charred eyes. Burn. I fell to the floor. There was no puddle where the ice had melted. Snowflakes stuck to my hands. I wiped them away and they smeared. They were ash. I need to get higher. Too hot here. Even hotter below. Up and up on the roof. So hot. Ash falls from above constantly. I'm on the roof. It's a little cooler here. And there's a map, wedged and folded into the broken battlement that fell and nearly killed Mr. Batley. It is a map of the cellar here in the house, but what I know of the cellar is but a small portion. It seems that there is a door behind the wine bottles. Amidst the labyrinthine passages is a room marked only as burning stroke kindling. Clearly something has gone wrong there. It's the only possible cause for the heat, and likely the fumes that are affecting my mind. I'll have to brave the heat and set this whole mess right again. December 23rd, 1878. I've passed out and woken. 
I don't know how many times. It's still so damned hot. My brother passed out from heat exhaustion once. I think he did. What did I read that somewhere? I've made it to the cellar. The stone walls are too hot to touch. I think it's the 23rd, but I haven't been sure of the date for a long time. It took me an almighty effort to move the wine rack, but there was indeed a door behind it. I've tried to follow the map, but the ink is bleeding in the heat. I found a body. I believe it to be Miss, Miss Trotter's, but it's too burned to be sure. I don't care anymore. I don't care what happens to anyone as long as I get out of this fucking heat. I found a door. I believe it leads to the cause of all this. It's too hot. I can't even move through the threshold because of a scorching vent of air. I found Miss Tallow. She was humming and dancing. I held her sticky red body between myself and the fiery gale. I watched her skin slough off like wax. She was only teeth and bones. Her lips were melted. She said something. Then she died. But I have made it. I am here at the epicenter. December 24th, 1878. It's Christmas tomorrow. Probably not. I've surely lost count. The room had roots, tree roots, flames shot from them, nooses, nooses hung from the ceiling. It's Christmas tomorrow. I doused the flames. No, I smothered them with my clothes, with my body. It's out. No more fire. But it's still so fucking hot. I'm naked. Some bits of flesh are blackened. My ankle doesn't hurt. <laughs> I walked all the way back to the wine cellar, but the door is locked, locked, fucking locked. It's Christmas tomorrow. All I want for Christmas is out. The door is open. Thank you, Santa. The door is open. I walk up and out. Still burning hot, so hot, the door is open, all the doors are open. Blood on the wall, fox blood, fox blood in the foyer. It says what I think it says. I laugh, I sing, burn, stoke the fires, embers rain, burn, become the flame. And I read the bloody message aloud, burn. December 25th, 1878. 
same day, next day, it's all the same. I stumble out the front door. There are foxes, hundreds of foxes, red and orange fur, moving like flames in the hot wind. Snow that isn't snow falls and sticks to them. They are all sitting. They are all watching. Their tails flick. They watch. I turn, and a woman is hanging. The noose wraps around her neck. It's tied somewhere above her, somewhere inside the house, somewhere in the ceiling. She says, burn. The house lights ablaze. Flames lick her. Burn the foxes. Scream and gasp and weep. Burn. And I feel cold. A cold breeze. Snow. Real snow. I sleep. December 24th, 1879. It's Christmas tomorrow. I want to leave this bed. I want to walk. I want my legs. I want to never feel hot again. I want the doctor to stop saying frostbite. I want the dreams to stop. I want to stop seeing a fox crawl onto my chest. I want him to stop talking. I want to never hear that one word again. You know what he says. I want to not know. It's Christmas tomorrow, and all I want is out.